0: Good afternoon and welcome to WEHC. You are listening in to She Walks, a radio program about women. And um, it's based on Sojourner Truth's Walk to Freedom. And so Carly Blalock and myself come here week after week and talk with various people about their leadership strengths and any kind of recommendations that they can make. And so we are excited to continue this as we get ready for Uh, Women's History Month in March we are anticipating so many other great opportunities and things to do and we'll uh, give you our schedule here in the near future but for right now we are really excited today because we have a special guest with us and it's a special guest for me but it's a really a special guest for Carly because Carly used to work with her so Carly I'll give you an opportunity to introduce our guest and we'll we'll uh, spend some time today just talking about women in leadership.
1: Yes, we are so happy to have with us today, VP Jennifer Pierce. Um, Jennifer Pierce is the Vice President for Enrollment Management and External Affairs at Emory & Henry College. Um, She leads the college's strategic direction of Enrollment Management, External Affairs, Admissions, Marketing and Communications, and the McLaughlin Center for the Arts. And she is also on the board of People Incorporated of Virginia and a member of the 100-plus Tri-Cities Women Who Care. So she is amazing and does a million things. And we're really excited to spend some time with her and get to hear her perspective on some things. So I will hand it over to Jennifer to introduce herself to you all.
2: Well, thanks, Carly and Sharon. It's it's a pleasure to be here today and uh, share my words of wisdom, I suppose, after almost 30 years uh, in the industry Um, I was a graduate of a liberal arts um, college, uh, Otterbein University in Westerville, Ohio, and uh, really had the opportunity to pursue my passions in journalism, public relations, public speaking, photography, debate, (laughs) and uh, just really fell in line with my um, passions and I feel my purpose pretty early on um, and have been in corporate public relations for, 20 20 some years before I jumped into higher education. So um, I've had the opportunity to work in the healthcare industry. I worked for the Longaberger company that was managed by uh, David Longaberger and his two daughters. At the time, um, that business had 80,000 women who were direct sales associates across the country, as well as 8,000 employees. Um, So at the time I was there in its heyday (laughs) before the recession. Um, And then I I left there and worked for uh, Cheryl and company, uh, which is a major uh, cookie manufacturer and gift basket uh, company nationwide that sold via catalog and a website and ran by Cheryl Krueger. So I had the opportunity to work with her um, for a couple of years in her retail sales and public relations, and then moved on to higher ed um, where I worked for um, a male president and a female president at the time um, before I came to Emory & Henry.
1: That's amazing. Um, So all of your experience, you know, you have so much of it that you know we could definitely get into. Um, But I was wondering, what philosophies have guided you most um, in your role as a leader? Now that you've you've stepped into this amazing leadership role, and you are definitely leading a lot of people on campus. So what philosophies do you use to kind of guide your work?
2: Well, I've I've managed um, people probably since i i think I, when i turned 25 i was named the public relations director for the hospital and that's when i had to step into a leadership role at that time and i was awfully young um but i i was raised as a methodist and my grandmothers uh, go way back in the methodist church and i've always had that foundational principle of faith and that the world was never out to get me but i was here to help the world and our church always talked about your spiritual gifts and I think just having that foundation, and I, and I learned to realize, I think when I was in my forties sitting in the sanctuary, and one more time, it was another sermon on your spiritual gifts. And, and, I, and I said, mine's leadership. Uh, it's just, I, I can make those connections with people. I'm, I'm relational with people. I'm empathetic with people. And um, you know it takes a while when you go into management and you're leading people, how to listen and how to be empathetic. And I feel like that's helped ground me um and not to make assumptions which I learned pretty quickly in my career you you never make assumptions and there's always some other side of the story with anyone um so I, I found I found that to be very helpful just as a base um you know as well as just basic basic integrity and responsibility so in any position that you're in at any time and as you're growing your career um you need to be true to yourself so I never separated my personal life to my work life. It's, it's one and the same, um, because you are your, you know, innate person and your innate heart and your innate brain.
0: Mm. Um, Jennifer, I wonder about, you know, PR and we talk a lot about diversity, equity, inclusion. We talk about it in, in the workplace. And I just wonder how, um, how that plays out from diversity of race and ethnicity, as well as women. Um, are there, uh, fair representations of both people of color and women in public relations or how have you found that? In your I think in the PR
2: world for sure and of course I lived in a larger metropolitan demographic region um, before I moved here. so it, 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 was, it was more prevalent, I would say and just because of the population itself. When it comes to public relations, you are your audiences are very diverse, so you have to always realize, and that's part of communication one-on-one, that two-way street, on who you're messaging to. So, for instance, here it's: Are you messaging to alumni? Are you messaging to faculty and staff? Can they be combined in a message, or do they need to be separated in a message? Um, you're messaging to students and um, and then prospective students. So, getting that message all across the boundaries is, is very important. And I've learned from our my DEI specialists um, who have been at any organization, I, mean, I, I think it, when was that long? we 20, let's see, 1997. They started a, a DEI committee and I sat on that committee. And we went through a lot of exercises and a lot of um, tabletops and a lot of experiential learning to understand and be empathetic, you know, to everyone. and what other groups are going through and how to kind of think about that when you're you're writing um, or when you're communicating. So pretty much every organization I've been with has had that rise to the top. And um, Otterbein did a great job. We got to hear the um, DEI consultant for um, Walmart. And he came in and just talked about his his role and um, the importance of inclusion. And I think, again, the church has always been my churches have always been exclusion um or inclusion focused and um you know just that radical hospitality and being um a church with open doors and open arms in 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 westerville particularly um i saw that i mean here you know i've visited some churches and they haven't been that diverse um but it's it's part of the
0: region that we live in i think yeah okay well, I, I think that that's probably uh, an accurate description of, of what happens, because sometimes I think, you know, I, I, I ask the question sometimes, how do racial stereotypes impact, you know, the way we communicate and gender stereotypes? I think all of those must impact the way we communicate. And, and I, with an ever-changing world and new additions all the time, you know, with, with, and then trying to find ways to combat those stereotypes, I imagine that communication that you're always, there's a, a, a learning edge, as well as a leading edge, you have to kind of be relevant. Absolutely. Whoa. And I
2: think, and I think,
0: you know, our employers in organizations,
2: and personally, we have to take that step to jump into it and experience it. And sometimes it's very uncomfortable. And, you know, if we don't continue to understand and learn and empathize, and particularly listen, I think that's the biggest thing, probably in the last, 15 years I've tried to do a better job of because I'm pretty fast paced and assertive but um, it's important to step back and just hear what someone's trying to say or try to understand the point that they're trying to make and then see how we can make action. Um, I'm a big action oriented person and I'm not one to sit back and wallow or woe is me but what can we do as a team together what can I help you do to help you facilitate a project, how can we move this forward. Um, who do we need to talk to how can we make this happen and and put motion into play and that's not always easy for everyone and not all of us have the same resources or access to resources so i think that's really important to discover where they are and who they are and um, share with one another who those resources are because i i don't know this entire region and i don't know all the groups that are out there but i have a committee of people that we meet every other week for community relations and um vp Holloway's on that group and others to kind of talk about how can we um, integrate with the community and our sense of place and be out there and, and use all of our resources. So if one person is talking to a certain group, somebody else is with another group, how are we getting that together so we know we're all on the same page and putting our best foot forward?
0: Carly, I know you got some questions to ask, but I wanted to just ask this one more question because I, it, it's kind of funny, Jennifer, sometimes I've heard people, uh, you use the word assertive, and I've heard people say the same thing regarding me. And some people have even said to me on our campus that you and I have very similar personalities, work personalities as far as for drive and moving forward. But it, it often seems like it, it looks different when it is a, a, a black woman versus a white woman using some of those same characteristics. Like I believe in assertiveness also, and I, I believe let's get the job done and move forward. And so, but I don't think sometimes that it works the same way For black women, that it does for white women or or a non-black woman, and and have you uh, when you use the word assertive, and have you also been ever looked at as aggressive because that's one of the they sometimes they're they're erroneously interchanged. Has that ever happened to you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think I guess we get to a point with our age and our careers where you Know we again, we know we want to make a difference, we know we're here for a purpose, and we're going to execute that purpose within the boundaries of whatever company we're working for, whatever culture we're working for. Like, we're their employee um, here to help them meet their strategic plans. Um, so, having that earning that respect and, um, or trying to earn the respect and have that credibility and be a woman of your word, I think that helps build to that. I, I do think um you know there were a couple of cases and i i think you used the word horizontal sexism which is the first time i've heard that term <laughs>
1: um
2: it did you know it, i had i had some struggles at Longeberger with some senior women who came in from new york and and i you know my fast pace of columbus ohio was you know minor compared to their fast pace of new york city and the way that they worked and and again funding wasn't an issue there um, so there wasn't debate over money but it was just debate over who got their way or or you know this is what i want to do let's make it happen without dialogue and again i think the dialogue is very important to make sure that you've got collaborative work going on and that we're just not running out there rogue but sometimes it's necessary to run rogue if you've got a bunch of complacent people on a committee <laughs> you know i mean and it, and it happens i mean imagine that i've been you know, part of girl scouts i've been part of the church um You know, I volunteered for Chamber of Commerce's and committee meetings for the Westerville Education Foundation. And boy, it just, I just, I just start stewing when I sit there in meetings where it's like, well, we'll talk about it next month or, oh, we'll talk about the following month or maybe we'll get there. And, that's that's those are roles where i'm not leading where i am participating and i'm following but you learn to find your place where you have to in in some of those cases and then if it bugs you so much become the president or become the executive director or i did that with my sorority when i was in college my junior year i just felt the president wasn't giving her all and we were all wasting our time and we weren't doing our you know community service work we needed to do. And the girls weren't having fun. And finally, I just said, I'm going to run for president. (laughs) (laughs) My advisor at the time, he's like, what are you doing? It's your senior. You're going to have all your internships. And I said, dude, I'm going to learn. I'm going to be a leader. I'm going to see what it's like to lead 113 women, which made me kind of get a lump in my throat because I've not always been the girly girl, you know, or the clicky girl. So that, that was a good experience for me, just to understand group dynamics and different types of personalities and just how I fit within that and then how you work within a group to make change and make movement. But, you know, I think, again, we're born with it. So I'm not, I don't feel like I need to apologize or use it as something that's bad, but it's just um, definitely a personality character trait that you're gonna get it with me one way or the other.
1: <laughs> so. So you, you did bring up um, the horizontal, horizontal sexism piece, which sort of what we mean by that is that, you know, a lot of times when we think of sexism, we think of men being sexist towards women or other marginalized genders, but there is a lot of sexism that happens, you know, women being sexist towards other women. And we've done some research and we've talked about it in past shows and one of the things that that you know social researchers seem to think might be part of the issue not certainly not the whole issue but it's sort of a combination of sort of that internalized misogyny but then also this idea of like, well, we can only have one or two women on this board, the rest of them are men, so we need to compete to be that one woman, right? To be the one woman that's allowed into the room. And I definitely think that that is getting better, but I wonder if that, you know, has been your experience or if you think that some of the things you have experienced have come from that place. And then sort of a follow-up to that would be, you know, what can we do to really start dismantling that? Yeah, I mean,
2: I I have to be honest. I I've not really felt that through my career, um, other than that one particular uh, vice president that I had. I'm all about women supporting women. And and I I was very fortunate when I was at Otterbein University and President Kathy Crindle um, came into the picture because she really put forth um, equity when it came to women in leadership positions. She taught a women in leadership class. Uh, We worked with the women of economic uh, leadership and development WELD and I just noticed they have a new student chapter weld um, at Otterbein and um, those opportunities give women a voice. And whether, and I was thinking about this, I feel like I got my voice when, probably when I started in middle school with theater, choir and band <laughs> and dancing lessons. And there's nothing more important than getting out on stage and feeling confident to open your mouth and sing a solo or have a, a lead in a musical and memorize all of your parts. But it gave me confidence. And um, I think having that voice and having that confidence and knowing that other women are there who may or may not have it, but how do we be supportive of one another to bring them to help them rise along with others so they're not overlooked for positions or opportunities to sit on boards? Um, and, I, and I think mentoring, mentoring is a big part of that. So. I always go back to the lady who I had my first public relations internship with, Sandy Clary, um, with Clary Communications in downtown Columbus, and she she knew I was green, um, but she could she could sense I was eager to learn and took me to every meeting. Um, I watched her mannerisms. I watched when she took out her notebook, when she put her notebook away, how she handled her utensils, when she put the napkin on her lap, how she handled clients in the office, and then her wonderful grace and humor. She was a happy person to be with, to work for, and. People love being there and they wanted to do things for her. So she said, oh, I need this designed or I need this um, news release written by tomorrow. Um, The client's waiting for it. I just under I was very perceptive of that. And I think, again, um, it's important to perceive cultures, too. So if you're working in a culture that does not align with your value system, get out. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I'm and I I won't say I left different positions for that reason, but I wanted to grow my career and I knew I couldn't grow, I maximized where I could be in a certain companies. And I know I wanted to get into management and leadership and work with creative people (laughs) and tell messages for companies. Um, But I've always felt and I've always talked to students about go into something with a culture or something that you have a passion for. Whether it's higher education or healthcare or a nonprofit or something that's meaningful to you in life, because you'll be more engaged and want to excel and lead and rise through those ranks, um, you know, with something that you're you're proud about. And I think oftentimes women may or may not have that opportunity. Um, it may be risk averse or lack the confidence to push ahead. And we, we talked a little bit about um, fear in the past, because I think fear gets in the way of a lot of um, when you're trying to manage a family or manage a marriage and then you're going to say, oh, by the way, I'm going to take a job and we're going to move or I'm going to take a new job, which is requiring more of my time, which pushes health care off to somebody else or um, not health care, well, sick kids is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's, it's and women do have to juggle all that. And I'm not naive to understand that you, you we've had to, Fight that fight for all of our lives to uh, manage our households and checkbooks and careers, and that's a lot for some people.
0: Jennifer, what you said earlier I didn't remember the exact word, but you used something about how to best describe you or your leadership voice. Uh, did you say integrity or uh, what were some of the words you used to describe your leadership voice? Creativity, loyalty. What were some of those words? Well, I yeah, I
2: mean, I think being responsible is is one of my biggest ones. If you're not responsible and you can't follow through on your commitments, whether it's a committee, whether it's something that, you know, in any organization or particularly with your employer, um, that that lines up to be integrity and, and your morals and your value system. And um, being respectful, you know, no matter who, and now, now I'm part of the whole ageism thing, right? So it's kind of, but I, and, and there's a lot of women now um, who are talking about working with various genders. And you, we've got, gen z or alpha whoever the new alpha group is all the way up to baby boomers in the workforce and trying to find your way within that and understanding as you're managing people we're all on different planes as women and we're all starting to grow in different ways as women and to be a leader and understand that or be an employer and understand that um, flex time wasn't a thing 25 years ago Um, telecommuting wasn't a thing 25 years ago Um, started off with a typewriter started off without a computer so you know um just watching that technology and how we how we grow but your foundation of your personal commitment to responsibility being respectful being a good listener being kind um but also um you know and i think being appreciative is something else i've learned over the years like i'm i do not show my appreciation enough um to those who are so helpful and do their jobs and, and don't you know, work behind the scenes or don't complain, and um, I, I think appreciation is a big one, and that's something we lose sight of pretty quickly. And I always try to keep working on that because I know I have a lot of room for improvement um, to consistently tell people thank you for doing a good job.
1: I think that that is so important, and I also um, loved your piece about mentorship. I think that that is really a key to, um, you know, women supporting women and women helping the younger generation, right, get into the, yeah. the places and the spaces um, that our ancestors were not allowed in. And so I think that that's a really important piece. And you mentioned WELD, and I was wondering, uh, do we have a chapter of WELD here? And is that something that we could maybe look into doing?
2: I haven't found one, but we should definitely look into it. Um, I know that I've talked to Dr. Tracy Lauder and others on Public Relations Society of America, um, there's women in communications. And so as students, uh, you can join those associations and groups and then move right into um, a young professional role within those groups. And they were so beneficial to me in my career when I was getting started just to have lunch with, I don't know, the Public Relations Director of Nationwide Insurance or um, the Public Relations Director of Ohio State University Medical Clinic. And they wanna to talk to you as much as we wanna, you know, we they. It's a two-way conversation, because they're learning from the younger students, <laughs> and, and and vice versa. So, and I and I think not only a mentor from a career perspective, but I I think we all need life coaches and life mentors, and just say, and get a pulse on each other, and just say, how you doing? You know, where are you struggling? And I, I, I found a colleague when I was at Longaberger 25 years ago, and she and I are best friends now we still talk every day when as soon as i get in the car i give her a call um but we just we bounce things off of each other if we have frustrations at work in meetings um with her clients um with staff i mean just something confidential you know just to bounce back and forth Well, what if you were in this situation what if this happened to you or how would you handle it or so and so didn't follow through on xyz and now i've got to go present because this person didn't get their materials ready and you know she's to present. So I'm just giving her confidence and hearing her out and just, you know, giving her, you know, a boost to say, you can get it done. It's you know, it's one day out of your life. You can fly over there and make the presentation and get back. But, you know, she really didn't want to go. But there are days like that where you just need somebody to talk to about things like that. And it's, it's, I don't think a spouse is always the person who can give you that feedback that you need. I just think other women empathize, you know, we just know.
0: So what about if uh you know if I mean, I guess it's still probably accurate that the most most of the people at the top of organizations are men. you've had some good experiences with women being at the top of the organization, and I'm sure that shaped you. but in general, if most of the people at the top of the organization and especially in academia are men, and sometimes we tell uh, brave young leaders that are up and coming, we tell them things like, you know, if you want to get ahead, emulate men. Now, I'm dating myself. Back in the day, we were told how to dress. You know, we were told to wear blue suits, black suits. You know, I mean, we we couldn't come in with a flowered dress or a print because that would show you as not, you know, you weren't going to be like, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a no-no. You had to go to the boardroom and try to look and act as much like them as you possibly could, What kinds of things would you say to brave new women leaders that are coming now along those lines? Is that still important that they emulate men in order to move up or can they be who they be? You can be who you can be. I think you
2: just need to understand their behavior. So I think it was a psychology course I had, but it really learning about people's frames of reference. That might be an old term, but you know, where did they come from? What was their upbringing? And I, I had grandparents who were farmers and a dad who was entrepreneurial and ran his own business, but that's where my work ethic came from. And I think it's a, per, and a divorced parents. So, you know, I was with a mom who worked and was very independent and that just shaped, you know, who I was. So to me, hanging with men didn't—it was never um, uncomfortable, but I did want to understand what they went through, what their generation went through, um, and how they might approach a business situation or might approach a room or a boardroom. But by the time you know I started moving into boardrooms, uh, there were a lot of women around the table, and it was intentional, um, particularly with the college, um, to make sure they were appointing smarts. It didn't matter what your sex was; <laughs> it was more. What are you? Are you a lawyer? Do you bring in public relations skills? Do you bring in, um, you know, we, I think the board at Otterbein had two Methodist ministers and one was a woman and one was a man. Um, but having that dynamic, because I, I think you need all voices around a table and any company that fills it full of men around the table is, you know, not thinking properly nowadays because um, there are women moving up and there are more more um, college presidents. I just read an article about that last week female college presidents moving in. And uh, I think that empathy and I think being a parent, um, whether you're a man or a woman means a lot to any leader in a college um, because you are dealing with families of 15 year olds to 25 year old students. And it's good to have your brain where they are and what they're experiencing and what they're struggling with, with mental health or food insecurity or finances or COVID upsetting their finances or you know, you, you have to be empathetic to that and, you, and male leaders can have those tendencies, I think a lot of men have feminine tendencies as well that are empathetic and can see oh yeah. I remember my daughter went through that or my son went through that or i've heard them say X, Y and Z, we need to do X, Y and Z because i'm listening and listening is the huge, huge component of that. Um, no matter who you are. But yeah, I think the the black suit thing was funny because I certainly had my share of those and <laughs> tried to to fit into that work world. But, you know, they were also great suits by Anne Klein and Calvin Klein and Tahari. And
0: <laughs> so
2: I found my female suits and my uh, all my wonderful heels. And I felt sorry for them because they had to wear boring loafers all the time that we could wear our fantastic heels. So um, I always thought it to be above a benefit. <laughs>
0: I can remember, uh, this is many years gone by, I think I've shared this with Carly, but I can remember I actually invented lipstick that stays on. I didn't patent it, I didn't get any money for it, but I can remember being in the corporate boardroom and having coffee or a drink, and I being one of the few women, if the only woman, and then a Black woman, and then would take a drink of coffee, and then there would be my lipstick print on the coffee cup, you know? and. Yeah looking around the room and you're the only one I thought I can't do this I I, if I'm going to wear it because I wanted to wear it but I cannot have it come off and and they would say stuff like oh yeah there's Sharon's cup right there you know I mean it was apparent that it was my cup so I invented (laughs) this I used a marker and uh, put a marker and then put a little lip gloss over the marker so that when it wouldn't and I I wish so many times I'd called Maybelline or Laurel or somebody <laughs> like that and made money because now they have lipstick that doesn't come off. But back <laughs> years ago, <laughs> they didn't. So yeah, you you, you smart. find yourself, yeah, you find yourself adapting. And adapting is not always bad, but I wonder for our young women leaders, and especially in um you know communications. Or PR or media, mass media, any of those things that you have the expertise in. What kinds of things would you say to them to help them, uh, you know, move ahead, quote unquote, positively and
2: affirming? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's it's not so much about your sex as it is your engagement and your ability to learn and your ability to put yourself out there and have that confidence um, to take a position or jump into being on the TV station and being a news anchor or getting on a radio station and having your own show or writing for the White or how are you going to jump in there and build your portfolio? And you know, we have more women who come to Emory & Henry and more women in colleges throughout the country than we do men. So now's your chance. <laughs> it's like yeah. you've got the opportunity and the jobs are out there. And every newsletter I see, there's marketing and comm jobs everywhere, but you have to have the confidence get the experience, get that hands-on experience, take the right classes, understand what you're learning and put it into practice. And I don't mean to make it sound that simple, but people like us will be out there to, to help them through once they get started and to help mentor. And they'll find great bosses along the way. They'll find great colleagues along the way. And if they wanna shine, they'll shine. And if they prefer you know, not to shine, but just do their role. If it's writing and just writing and that's what they want to do they're going to be a great writer and interview all sorts of great people and you know if they chose choose not to go into leadership or management that's perfectly fine we need the world needs all walks of life and all types of people and, you know god gave us gifts to do those jobs and and the, the ability to do it to where we feel comfortable with what's what we can handle mentally what we can handle physically and to to contribute with what we're cut out for, I think we're all carved. I think we're all born just with a stamp, and we've got to find that stamp and make it happen. And if people get in our way, we might have to be a little pushy. <laughs> 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 but I've hired I've hired a lot of women. I've hired a lot of men. Um, I hire people on their skill set. And again, with their ability to engage, their ability to listen, their ability to learn—learning never stops. And you know, I've had people nervous in interviews and just say, "Oh, I've never really worked in this platform, or I never really have had this opportunity." And if if they've got it, um, that it factor, they will figure it out. And you can you can mentor and shape them and mold them into um, um, help help them with what they need to kind of continue their careers.
1: Well, that is a wonderful way to end our show today. Um, some excellent advice from VP Jennifer Pierce. Um, thank you so much again for joining us today. This has been an amazing conversation. I wanna remind everyone that um, we are getting ready for Women's History Month. And so please keep an eye on the Emory Henry website for upcoming events linked to Women's History Month. We are super excited. We have some amazing guests that we are working on getting lined up for everyone. Um, so more details on that to come. And please join us next week, uh, 1 p.m. on Wednesday for the next episode of She Walks. Thank you all so much. Thank you. It's
2: a pleasure being here.